Welcome to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo, your podcast for all things holistic health and wellness from a Christian worldview. Hey, I'm Andrew. And I'm Kate. And we're excited to share with you our new podcast called The Daily Well, where we're going to be talking all things health from a holistic point of view through a Christian worldview. And today we're going to talk about eating healthy diets. Oh, yeah. This is a this is a a fun conversation and one that I think we we talked about in our previous podcast um, is probably the top one or two things when people say, "Hey, what what can I do to get healthy?" It's usually exercise and diet or diet and exercise. They're they're one and two. They're 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 both super important and uh, we're going to talk about it. It's, it's, we have a lot to unpack and this will probably lead to several other more um, specific conversations. But yeah. Everyone goes, oh yeah, I need to be eating healthier. I don't think anyone thinks that it's an aspect of your life that you can neglect and expect to have this vitalistic, healthy, vibrant life. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about how has God designed your body to function and how has he designed your body to eat and what nourishes you best, right? Mm, Nourish. I love that word. We have been all over the map, I would say, on different ways that we've approached eating and fueling our bodies, there was a long season of life where we were vegan. And when she says we, she means she, I ate whatever she cooked and just added meat to it. So take everything that you hear with, with that yeah, in mind. You were mostly vegan by default because you don't like to cook as well, much. Yeah. You should tell, so let's tell the story of when we were first married. So when we first got married, I was trying to be the good husband that said, honey, whatever you want to make, I'm going to eat. And for about four weeks, I ate everything she made and didn't have any so i I was just eating like lentils out of my ears and beans (laughs) and and i got to the point where i was like hangry ravenous i I was i just i just never felt full and that that nourish that satiating factor was like not it was non-existent and it it scared me so i kind of was like kate i need meat and so she's like oh okay and so she being the dutiful wife was trying to honor me like cooked her first chicken in like forever and like cooked chicken chicken breast in, in a crock pot and made me like pulled chicken. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> and then my dog ate it and that's a whole other story. But um, yeah, you set it down to come <laughs> say thank you and Brady got right into it, yeah. our dog. Anyways, anyways. So yes, we've been through a lot and we've learned to kind of as, as our marriage and as our, as our relationship has changed, um, we've allowed our perception of what is healthy eating to evolve, I think, and to, cha- to to kind of challenge ourselves to think about that. And that's the thing. One of the tenets we talk about is that, you know, there's different seasons in life and all, all these healthy ideas we talk about, they're going to change and they're going to be different for each in each unique person. You're, you're, where you're at is, is going to be different than where I'm at. And so, yeah. So with all that kind of said, yes, we've been through a lot. We've gone through. Yes, we've done the veganism. We've done the largely paleo, the largely whole thirties. Um, and I think the problem that has arisen in our life when we try to do these very restrictive diets is you take out entire food groups that do provide a lot of nutrition and fuel to your body, even if it's just that soul satisfaction of biting into a piece of bread or meat. And God gave us these wonderful foods as a way to nourish our body and our soul and how you even eat your foods with good company, um, a wonderful spouse. And there are aspects of a healthy diet that come not just from eating the cleanest um, in, in terms of restrictive diets. 
And the more that you take out is not necessarily better the way that I think the diet culture makes you think. And so really we've come full circle where really nothing is off limits. We focus entirely on whole foods and we really prioritize the sourcing of those foods. And we try to eat food as closely as God has given it to us with as little man-made intervention in the middle. And yeah, that's evolved over time. It's been a slower process for us, but we really look at wholer foods such as fruits, vegetables, meats, um, butters. I know dairy can be kind of a hot topic. Taboo. But we we, do, we can't do dairy, right, Kate? That's horrible for you. <laughs> we do have a share of a cow from a local farmer. And so we are able to get raw milk and make a lot of products out of that. We're able to make our own cottage cheese, our own butter, um, and it just tastes delicious. Um, it tastes so good. It is. And, and we get like buttermilk uh, as, a, as a byproduct. We make like buttermilk pancakes like on Saturdays sometimes. It's oh. It's so good. good. And I think that's part of a healthy diet too, is looking at the foods that you really enjoy eating. What really brings you satisfaction and that satiation and how can you make that in the healthiest way? So you had a really good point, Kate. I'm 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 just going to interject because this is going to be mainly Kate talking on this podcast because this is, this is her wheelhouse. This is what she's done. If you haven't listened to our first podcast, we talked about Kate's, Kate's upbringing. She was like, militant and her her strict diet because she was a she was a high level gymnast and went on to compete collegiately um but one of the things that you said was that typically as our culture we we hear the word diet and we immediately think of like restriction and mm-hmm. cutting things out and you mentioned that like a lot of these 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 quick extreme fads that will get you to lose weight whether it's you know whether it's you know the keto diet or or you know no carbs or low carbs high fat type stuff it's designed to help you quickly lose weight, mm-hmm. but it's not sustainable. And so restriction, you're going to hear us say this a lot, but like restriction is not the mindset you need to have when it comes to sustainability. Mm-hmm. It's good to kind of allow you to have some, I don't want to say cheat meal, I hate using the word cheat meal, but ha- have an opportunity to enjoy things that you, that you like, mm-hmm. fruits and, 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 and sugars sometimes in, in proper moderation, right? So I think it really comes down to looking at the final end result in terms of how has God designed my body to move? How has God designed my body to be nourished? Not from the end point of the vanity of, I want to look this specific way because your weight will be a reflection of the life choices that you make. And so I have found that focusing on nourishment and the sourcing of my food has brought me a lot more energy and a lot more satiation whereas a little bit goes a lot longer. And if you're kind of forcing yourself to eat foods that you're not really in the mood for or that you don't maybe love, you might find yourself kind of always feeling hungry and peckish and wanting to snack versus allowing yourself a smaller portion of high quality ingredient um, food that you're really wanting. A little bit goes a long way. And there's there's also a huge reason why she said like locally sourced food is a big deal too. We love finding like, you know, you hear that a lot why is it so important to find food that's grown nearby you? And there's actually a really cool reason because of that. Um, the microbiology of your region is so different from any other region in, in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's grown in Michigan is going to have different components and different, um, you know, uh, like b- microbacterial components as compared to something that's grown in Florida or California or Texas or, or even in Iowa. And the idea is that, you know, you hear, a lot of times you'll hear like, oh, eat local honey to help out. It's, it's another one of those 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 classic, uh, you know, holistic uh, things. Oh, yeah, just grab a spoonful of honey. They'll help with your allergies. 
If you ever wonder why that is, it's because the bees that pollinate the local uh, flora in your area, they have that same local biome that, that we have in our air and our soil. And so when you're consuming that, you have different local antigens that's unique to that, that area. So why sourcing your food, even if you're buying it from somebody else, find local farmers, mm -hmm. local food markets, local um, farmers markets are really, really awesome way to kind of utilize that kind of uh, that, that, that food. And that is probably the biggest step that you can take in supporting your local economy too, is to support your local farmers and the local jobs around. But the point of today's podcast is to give you some practical steps and tips on how to start eating healthier. Practical. Love practicality. Can't leave you guys hanging without that. <laughs> Holistic health and wellness from a Christian worldview. This is the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo. The first one is to start cooking your own food. The average person in America, I forget the stat, but does not spend very much time in the kitchen at all cooking or preparing their own foods. And they only spend on average four minutes cleaning up per day. Whoa. And how much can you really clean in four minutes? Really not much. Which I, means I you're not cooking. I spend more than four minutes cleaning up one one of our cast iron skillets. Just <laughs> we love our cast iron. <laughs> oh, by the way, it's a great piece of cookware. Um, but the point is, if you are not cooking your own foods, and I don't even care if you're cooking with wonderful ingredients, but just simply knowing what is going into your food gives you such an advantage when you do decide to make a change for the better. Knowing the, the ingredients, knowing how to read labels, empowering yourself with the knowledge of what you are currently consuming is baseline for giving yourself a platform to start eating better in the future. That's one of the things that I, I really liked to look at was just different type of labels. And what when I met my wife and I was kind of slowly starting my, uh, my journey, I, I didn't understand why one thing would be way healthier than another when they look the same and they're both packaged and, and the packaging gets me if it, it looks does. If it's it, designed I, to i'm a sucker for really good marketing and when something looks healthier that looks green or like that canvasy brown look they make it look like oh this is like a this is this That's is a health food it's a health food right this this lovely but but there's some really cool things and along with that tip of reading reading labels and knowing what's in your food there's a couple apps that we like to look at because uh you know whatever the fda allows to be legally in your food or legally documented or even what it's called that's a changing target it shifts mm -hmm. constantly and there's 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 lawyers who are a lot smarter than me who work for these large manufacturing companies or these large food production companies that are always trying to allow different phrasing of same the same kind of ingredients that maybe not mm -hmm. be the healthiest and not that they're lying but they're trying to they're trying to find the healthiest way to make you look to, to not understand what you're eating and so whether it's sugar or added processed um, flavorings or colorings mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple there's two applications you can get on your cell phone and you can literally just scan the barcode of any ingredient mm -hmm. and they're not a sponsor for this but we like to use them one's called think dirty and one is called ewg and those two are great if you have just if you have nowhere to start and go hey i don't know what's going on put those apps in your phone you can scan it right when you're in the store and they'll give you a grade usually if it's good quality medium or poor quality mm -hmm. just saying hey how how high is it is or high, how toxic or how dangerous are some of these things in here um, compared to other ones. So, yep. And once you start cooking your own foods and being able to just be kind of in control of what's going on to your plate, um, some easy things are eggs in the morning for breakfast. They take maybe two minutes to scramble a couple of eggs. 
Um, sandwiches for lunch, if you can find access to a good quality bread, or if you're at that point in life where you're making your own bread, we love our homemade sourdough. Kate's got her sourdough starter. She, she spends more time feeding that than she does our, our dog. <laughs> That's true. It is true. <laughs> it is like a pet to us. I, uh, some people name them. We have not named our sourdough I, starter. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. I'm not sure if I'm there. I'm not quite there. there. Um, but you were able to find some very, very fast foods. I mean, fruit is the original fast food in life. You can grab an apple and be out the door. Maybe grab a jar of peanut butter. There you go. You have some carbs, some protein, some fat. So cooking does not have to involve a hour-long process for every meal, but just being able to find some quick, easy meals that you can provide with your family goes a long way. And once you have that kind of established, this is what we enjoy eating, what we um, enjoy serving as my family, you can start working on a budget um, because food is very expensive. It's I think always been expensive, but recently, obviously, it's more expensive than it's ever been. <laughs> and you really do, you have a budget that you have to prioritize where your dollars go. And over the years, we have probably increasingly supported more money going into our food allowance over other things like movies or kind of extraneous spending. Um, but there are so many things you can do within your budget. And first is be aware of what you're currently buying and maybe have a game plan for where you would like to go. And then you can look at your budget overall and figure out where you might want to make some sacrifices or where you might want to make some improvements. And finding other ways to be more savvy within your food budget will go a long way too. And yeah. I do have some tips for that. Well, yeah, and if I say like if you're if you're that that coupon savvy shopper, there's some great ways to look at you know once you know where you want to shop at or where what what space has really good eggs that are you know cage free free range eggs where these chickens are not cooped up or if you want to hey pasture sorry pa- the word now See, Andrew that's the thing the, these <laughs> phrases they they've changed so much and and so yeah listen to my wife with that I don't keep up up to date with those those as much as she does but knowing where to shop for what like sometimes we'll in the summer for sure we first go to the farmers market to make sure we can get as much locally sourced as possible mm-hmm. and then we we hit up you know other stores whether it's Kroger or Meyer or Aldi or sometimes we'll make a, a trip down to um, you know, we don't have a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. It's close by, but we'll make a, a trip to go over there because they can typically have a better source, better quality mm-hmm. ingredients. And so you have to be mindful. It's 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 a it's a balancing act sometimes. Yeah, being mindful of where your food budget is, and if you decide down the road that you want to make sacrifices and maybe other categories of your budget to increase that, that's great. That's kind of a route that we did choose to go. But there is still a lot that you can do within your current budget, and the biggest one is to really eliminate food waste. Food waste is so prevalent in our culture, and I have to admit I was a big part of the problem for many <laughs> years. My husband has really helped. Well, again, this is another thing. You, I've helped you in this way. You've you helped have. me in a lot of ways. I grew up, my parents were both uh, children whose parents went through the Great Depression. So my, my parents were, were, were that generation, the baby boomers who, like, you didn't waste anything. You ate everything, and you you saved everything, and you know to almost to, to the to the extreme. And so I always had leftovers in my house. Mm-hmm. My my wife always went out to eat with her family, so she, they never yeah. had leftovers. They just you know if you didn't eat it, you just left it there and whatever. So we've kind of become aware that it's a great way to save money if you if you can make you know a dinner that feeds you know six or seven servings, and you have 
you know, a day, an evening and a, and a lunch the next day that has plenty of food. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to do that. Even aside from leftovers, because I think most people know that, yes, you can reuse leftovers for another meal. But as you're cooking um, dinner and you have these random bits of vegetables left over, the ends of carrots, the potato peels, the outer layers of onions, you can save all of that to make a stock or a broth. You can use just the veggies and make a vegetable broth. You can save your bones if you buy bone-in chicken, which incidentally is almost always cheaper um, to buy bone-in or whole chicken that you can take apart yourself. And then you can just stick that in a crock pot overnight with water. And now you have a secondary um, food source that you is very healthy for you that you've used from just the leftovers and scraps of your first one. And fun fact, if you get a boned-in chicken, you can have a little anatomy and physiology lesson right there and see all the different attachments of the ligaments and the, and, and the muscles. And my wife loves it when I, I, uh, I point those out. Um, you can also save... <laughs> <laughs> As she ignores me. I do. I don't love deconstructing my whole chickens. That's Andrew's job. It's great. It is. Um, But you can also compost a lot of your food leftovers, your eggshells, your coffee grounds, um, or you can also use your coffee grounds for your homemade plants if they like acidity. What does composting mean, Kate? Oh, composting is taking organic matter and making it into a very healthy soil that you can use in a garden. Oh. Yeah. Somebody on here just learned something. It's not me, but it's somebody else. (laughs) I totally knew what that meant. We have composted for years now at this point, and it does. It makes a great fertilizer for anything that you're trying to grow in your garden. Finding foods that you are able to reuse and give another life and another purpose to can go a really long way in your kitchen and in your food budget. Yeah. The next biggest point that I think makes sense to me is buying in bulk when you can, right? Mm -hmm. So finding... Um, different types of foods, whether it's shelf stable, like things like rice or canned goods, um, you can buy those again when you can in bulk, or go to stores like Sam's Club or Costco, and you can save a ton of money by buying, you know, a twenty-five or fifty-pound bag of rice, and you can utilize that rice for a while, and it's good for any length of time. And buying simple ingredients, or buying one single ingredient that you can make an abundance of different meals and products out of, will go a lot longer than buying a ton of a very specific pre-made product of one sort. Or like bok choy. <laughs> Sorry. We have a story with bok choy. We, 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 we bought into a local share, at a farm at our, our last house. It was a CSA. It was a CSA. And they would give you, you know, you didn't pick what, the, what, what you would get. They would just give you like a box of like whatever it was like they had growing. And we had never utilized bok choy. Or kohlrabi. Or kohlrabi, yeah. <laughs> and so we got some that, and that's kind of fun too. If you if you if you have a CSA where you're at, some of them are built differently, but it's it's a unique opportunity to challenge your cooking skill. Like, how do I utilize this? And yes. this is a vegetable I've never seen before. And uh, yeah, so it's not it's not always the easiest because it's better to plan because you know what you have. But when you do randomly get those random little things that are unique to your area, uh, you can challenge your 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 cooking. For sure. sure. And another way to challenge your cooking is to pantry shop. I think they call it the cupboard challenge. I've seen it going around Instagram recently. And that's to go grocery shopping in your house before you go to the grocery store. And if you can make a meal out of what you have, then you get to put off grocery shopping for yet another day. And it's just a way to be creative, to use up things that might otherwise get lost and go bad or rancid in your cupboard or in your fridge or freezer. And just making sure that you are fully utilizing like everything you've spent good money on buying. So you can also yeah. do that and have like a fun cook off game. Like we did that once. With my, yeah. We did that for a date night. Our church, uh, our, our last church had like a, a, a month of fun dates and 
uh, one of them they just cho- they just chose you had to you had a, a different topic and you had we, to be creative I yeah think that we, week. we did we did like a cook off and we had the same ingredients but we each made a different dish it was a version of chopped <laughs> if y'all have ever seen the tv show chopped it's like three rounds and they give you a handful of ingredients and your meal has to include those ingredients yeah I, I, I won the presentation, but I lost the taste. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Your presentation was impeccable. It was pretty good. My yeah. creativity was on par, though. It was it was shrimp. I made I made I made shrimp kebabs, but Kate's was better. Well, final tips would be to definitely meal plan. It really helps to go into the week and into the grocery store knowing what you're going to make, looking at your schedule for the week, going, okay, these are my slower days. I have time to invest in maybe making a more elaborate dinner or a bigger dinner, or I can also do some extra food prep on these slower days. So I typically have three slower days a week, whether that be the weekend or a night that we have in that I'm able to bulk prepare snacks and base ingredients for the week, but also making a bigger crock pot meal. I mean, we have such a luxury of having things like the instant pot and the crock pot where it takes two seconds to throw your ingredients in and you come home at the end of the day and have this wonderful meal. If you don't have one of those and you have an opportunity, I would recommend you to. They're they're phenomenal. For sure. And I think having a meal plan for me too helps me to keep a lot of junk food out of the house because I'm not looking for it at the grocery store. When I go to the grocery store, I am only looking at my list and only buying what's on my list unless it's coconut water, because I am obsessed with coconut water. <laughs> yeah, we don't save money by buying that. That's, no, that. that's not, that's very true. Um, but you don't, if you don't have chips on your grocery list, I have no reason to go down the chip aisle. And so I therefore save a lot of money by not going down any aisles that I don't need to. And then I'm not having that food in my house as a temptation. Yeah, typically we're saying shop the perimeter of the store yeah. is the best way to do that when you're going to the grocery store because that's where you're going to have your your fresh produce and your your meats. Anything that's processed, that that that's shelf stable, except for like beans or, or, or canned vegetables, it's got a lot of preservatives in it, and mm-hmm. so that's a, that's a good tip if you want to say, hey, wh- wh- where do I start? Just shop shop, shop, shop the, the, outer, the outer perimeter. And I don't know how applicable this last tip will be to everybody. I'm just stepping into this one myself, but that's food preservation. And I just got a pressure canner. And so something as simple as um, oranges are on sale. Mandarin oranges are on sale in my town. And so being able to bulk buy these mandarin oranges while they're on sale and then can them for later use throughout this next year will end up saving our family a lot of money. So just being able to find a way to read to utilize the sales that are going on at your store, the odds and ends that are left over, and just being able to repurpose or preserve them for a time that's later, I think will go a long way in helping your grocery budget and your health. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo. If you have any questions or topic ideas, you can reach out to the Daily Well Podcast on our website, myhopefm.net. Just click podcast. Well, guys, we hope that was informational to you and educational and fun. And maybe you're exercising or going for a drive or a jog while you're listening to this. I don't know. Wherever you're at, we hope that the Lord and uh, has worked through this and through us to kind of encourage you guys on what does eating healthy look like? It's not as scary as what it seems. Again, we want to encourage you guys to make healthy decisions that are sustainable, that are easy for where you're at and give you practical steps Mm -hmm. on making that next best choice to hopefully making healthier and healthier decisions uh, for you and your family. If you guys have any information that you want us to talk about, any questions or topics, 
You can find us on social media. We have uh, an Instagram that's the same thing. It's the Daily Well Collective, and we're going to be posting some really cool tips. Uh, you'll get to see our faces if you want to. Uh, pictures of us doing family activities, whether it's making you know raw or making butter from scratch, or or fun recipes, or going for a hike. And also, if you want to go onto the website, myhopefm.net, you can click on the podcast tab and can find out all information about us how to get in touch with us. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we pray that we hear you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Daily Well Podcast with Andrew and Kate Seppo. We pray that you're able to take a piece of information back to use for your health journey. And if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at myhopefm.net. Just click podcast.